date night fam. Tony Hello. and Bree back with you from the beautiful broom closet of Mission Bible. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> A beautiful broom closet. <laughs> well, last week we heard part one of our interview with Kevin and Lindsay Rafferty discussing infertility, embryo adoption, and we were left on a little cliffhanger. Yeah, so let's not waste any time today. Let's jump right back in. In case you missed last week, Kevin and Linz have been five years infertile. Uh, Linz had had a night of surrender. They kicked off foster training, had set up a crib, and were simply awaiting God's answer. And then... Mom showed up with a surprise guest. Mm-hmm. So we're going to pick it up there and hear the rest of this absolutely beautiful God story. Now, take us into that moment. You're certified. Yeah. This is one of those, you know, just these great historic kind of milestone memories. August, is it 19th? Yes. The crib is set up. You finished all your foster care training. Yeah. You have had your you know, dark night of the soul. You finished your foster care training. You're sitting there with a crib set up in the evening, twiddling your thumbs. And then just tell us what happened next. Well, we were just waiting for a phone call from our foster care agency. And the next day was a Sunday morning, August 20th. And my mom and dad, who had been traveling to Seattle, called. And she's like, hey, Lynn, um, we're going to come by your house after church when we land. I'm like, great. I'm assuming they're going to give us a Washington onesie, right? So I'm like, oh, fun. Come on over. She's like, well, here's the thing. I'm going to bring my friend. I'm like, wonderful. I'd love to meet your friend. Well, here's the thing, Lynn. Um, so uh, my friend's 16 weeks pregnant, and she wants you to adopt her baby. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's exactly. I was like, I I literally sat down. I was like, mom, explain yourself. (laughs) What? And so, yeah, she began to tell us. And so she didn't know a ton of details. And so we're like, okay, yes, bring her over. And I think I sobbed through the entire service that Sunday at just Mm -hmm. the thought that someone would want to give us something that we, you know, a child we've been praying for years for. And so it was a pretty emotional day. Um, we were pretty anxious, obviously, waiting for that meeting to happen, um, and we really didn't know what to expect. Kevin, how are you feeling when your mother-in-law says, hey, here's our friend. She's having a baby. She wants to give it to you. Yeah, it was um, <clears throat> definitely out of left field, something unexpected, because we were so you know focused on the, the fostering to adopt route uh, that we really just kind of didn't even think about any other kind of adoption at that point. And so obviously we were definitely open to meeting and, and I didn't know what to, what to expect to be honest. And, you know, sure enough, um, they come driving down, they park in our little, uh, townhome parking lot at that time. And it was interesting because she walked up and she's like, Oh, he has a motorcycle. Okay. You know? <laughs> and so apparently you know. that was all she needed to yeah. like, Oh, there yeah, it is. Yeah. It's cool, she grew up yeah. riding motorcycles and it was just this thing she had shared with us that once she found out she was having a boy, the conviction really set in of he needs to have a dad mm-hmm. and a mom. Um, and she was in a, you know, bit of a crisis pregnancy. Um, she come from hard places, but I love that, um, she valued that baby's life from day one, mm-hmm. fought for it, never once was going to consider aborting him. And so she was choosing a much harder path. Um, but, and it was at that point you were driving up to Big Bear, like right every day. I was. So yeah, she was living in Big Bear at the time. And so, you know, she comes into our living room and we hear her whole life story. And she really was making these steps to rebuild her life and do better. And um, so 
it kind of, we just were like, we prayed and we're like, okay, we're willing to walk this journey with you and we will take it one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And so a week later after meeting her, I drive up to Big Bear, pick her up, drive her down to Apple Valley um, to her OB appointment. And I remember sitting there and I get emotional every time I share this. Um, I remember seeing the most beautiful spine and it was love at first sight it wasn't awkward at all (laughs) and the most beautiful spine spine oh my goodness that little baby's spine oh it just was like god could this be the child that you know in secret that you are weaving together for us to be his parents and Mm so um it was a huge roller coaster um it was not easy. Um, you know, here we had prepared for foster and adoption, and now all of a sudden we're doing an independent adoption. And I had never heard, like, I didn't know anything about it. And what a lot of people don't know about our story is before she approached us, another family was also approached to adopt him first. They were a family of adoption. that They had done two independent adoptions before. And when she prayed about it, this woman, she... God just immediately brought Pat's daughter, Lindsay, to her mind. Mm. And so she calls my mom, and she says, I know you know about this baby, and this is your daughter's baby. And my mom's like, no, no, Kim, this is your baby. You guys have wanted a boy. Like, you know this. Lindsay and Kevin are fine. Like, they're going to be foster parents. They're good. And she kept pushing her, and Kim was like, no, this is your daughter's baby, and I'm going to walk her through this adoption. I will help her do everything. It is, we're going to do this. This is your daughter's baby. So it kind of put all that pressure on my mom of like, oh gosh, wow. I have to call Kevin and Lindsay, and what if this isn't the Lord, and what if it's just a distraction, and it all goes bad? You know, there's mm-hmm. all this pressure. Um, but sure enough, the Lord had other plans, and I always love to say that I met my husband because of my mom, and now this baby comes into our life because of my mom also. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we, we started to walk that independent adoption road and it, you know, involved a lot of things. Um, we had to do, you know, expensive psychiatric evaluations from our birth mom's history, um, supporting her financially, paying her rent, um, you know, food bills, things like that. Um, and then also navigate through her, you know, casual threats of giving the child to somebody else if mm-hmm. she wasn't happy with me one day or if I talked too much in the doctor's appointment, she would, you know, lash out at and times. And just for those who aren't geo-local here to California, when you're saying Big Bear, Apple Valley, yeah. these are not small distances. We're talking like daily two, three, four hours yeah. round trip or more. Mm-hmm. Kevin, speak to that. Your wife, you, you guys both want a child. But you're working, you're trying to hold down the fort here, mm-hmm. and suddenly there's this opportunity that requires your wife to be literally driving around Southern California. What was that period like for you, that four months? It was interesting because at one one point you're excited, you know, at the potential of this adoption. Um, at the back of my mind, the entire time I was like, this lady could back out anytime she wanted. There is no guarantee at all, and you know... W- Legally, we can't give her money, but you can obviously, you, you'd say, hey, here's a gift card to like Vons or whatever was up there, Stater Brothers. And so you're financially supporting a whole nother person on top of your, your own family unit. So you got to like, you know, fortunately at the time and, and still continuing today, God has uh, blessed me with like a, a job to support the family. However, um, it was just financial planning, like, to a whole new level because you're not um you know it's just us it's been us for you know several years and now you're this whole nother person is in in 
kind of not in your life or in your family, but now in your life. And so, yeah, there, there was a lot how of the greatest stories are, are written, though, mm-hmm. that even the the beautiful climactic rise of the story still comes with a lot of travail. I mean, mm-hmm. you're talking about casual threats, massive financial impact, mm-hmm. massive time commitment. Mm-hmm. And so even as the story begins to glimmer in its beauty, it's still full of, of its trial. Totally. Yeah, and I, I just want to add, even I think for me the hardest part of that whole process was the four days in the hospital because it was a C-section. And she said, baby's not going home until I leave the hospital. Um, even during the hospital, uh, we had all this planned out on paper and signed and everything that we would get a room in there and be able to stay there. And sure enough, as soon as she walks through the doors, the nurse was like, no, you're not allowed in here. And so we had to go through that struggle. Um, and then even when she signed the final paperwork on the fourth day when we're taking Liam home, she still had an additional 24 hours to change her mind. So even if even though we had Liam in our hands, in our home, it was probably... I don't know, the longest 24 hours, like the restless, yeah, just not being able Take to sleep. Take that 24 hours, Liz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, oh man, when you're leaving the hospital, you, I remember putting Liam in the car seat and getting in the car and I was like, Kevin, drive, like go, let's just leave state lines, whatever we got to do. Um, you just want to take this baby and keep it safe. And um, yeah, it was each step of the way, you feel like you're kind of holding your breath a little bit and waiting for the punch to come. You're like, okay, we've made it this far. God help us get the rest of the way. Cause you just never quite knew what you were going to get. And she was so gracious to sign away her rights within 24 hours in the state of California. She didn't have to. Um, and without doing that, she could have three months to change her mind. I still remember the voicemail that you left when that was all completed and I saved it on my phone for years later. But I feel like because of the church body, you know, wrapping our arms around you, we got to experience just that joy and celebration with you. And we love Liam so much. Um, So for four months, you're literally mothering the mother of the child that you'll mother. Yes. Yeah. It funny enough, I feel like I can really sympathize with dads, with husbands. I know what it's like to walk alongside a very hormonal, emotional (laughs) woman. (laughs) Even in the hospital, it was getting (laughs) I do not know what you speak of. Gentlemen, props to you. What you go through is not I mean, I'm not taking away from moms. I know giving birth is not an easy thing, but oh, it takes a lot of patience and just like, it's not about me. I am here for her. And even, you know, just before her cesarean, um, she was super, you know, frazzled and really, really nervous about the operation. And I just walked in. I was like, honey, whatever you decide after is what you decide. But right now we're getting this baby out. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I will see you when you're done. We got this. You know, it's like, you just take him by the shoulders. Like, mm-hmm. you can do this. So props to the guys out there. <laughs> so Liam Ross was born when? Liam Ross Rafferty was born January 8th, 2018 at 7:10 a.m. Mm. And oh, one of the best days. I got we got to be the be in with him for his first 2 hours of life in the nursery and get to hold him and skin to skin and all that beautiful stuff and but even in that it it wasn't, you know, you have all these pictures about 
what your children are going to look like, what kind of birth, you know, pregnancy announcements you're going to do and what your birth will look like. My first night as a mom was alone without my husband next to my birth mom in a hospital bed, taking care of my son all by myself all night long. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I remember laying there with him and I just couldn't sleep, overwhelmed by the goodness of God, super emotional that my husband's not here and, uh, you know, all the unknowns. What if she changes her mind? I just remember like, I couldn't grab my Bible and read. I just was quoting Psalms 23 to myself over and over and over again because it was all I had. You know, it was all those scriptures you memorize. And um, God was so good to sustain us. Kevin and I spent three nights in the hospital. Um, After the second day, we got a room, but it was a labor and delivery room. So both he and I, we're not small people. Um, (laughs) We were sharing a labor bed, you know, the kind that like split halfway. Yeah, I'd never seen that before. Um, It was not a very comfortable state, but so just to, to make sure everyone understands, you know, Kevin, you're what, six foot two, six one? Six one. Six, mm-hmm. six one. Lindsay, yeah, you're I'm five, five, ten. Oh, five ten. Yeah. Now, and also, so everyone has a picture in their mind, you're both very dark haired, <laughs> and now you have a short, red-headed son. Yes, he's mm-hmm. our little leprechaun. He's the little leprechaun little of the family. red-headed And he's kind boy. of a mascot around here. Like, <laughs> oh. you know, I'll be in my office, and he'll come running back, and he'll go, hi, you know, and then he wants uh, to come get his Adults and children alike. <laughs> I mean, all the kids love him. All the adults adore him. You know, it's so. such a fun thing. I can't take any credit for his cuteness, because I had no part to do with it, right? Like, I... I don't share any DNA or genetics with him. So when everybody was like, he's so cute. I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> I can't even brag because it wasn't for me. Oh, Cerebral, he's just such a joy. very verbal. Mm-hmm. He's going to have quite the he's phonetic gift. Yes, he will. Yeah. He will. So, Kev, what's it been like being a dad to Liam Ross? Well, it's, it's been extremely fun. Um, of course, you know, all the stuff that I do with mountain biking and motorcycles and all that. So he's into uh, riding bikes. I think he was riding a little um, three-wheel bike before he even started walking. So, yeah. <laughs> well, he took forever to walk. We thought he was going to be crawling to college. Not that we're sending him to college, but... Yeah, <laughs> we're going to do an episode on that. Oh. Yep. Here's $100,000 to be woke. Okay. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, let me go ahead and move us to takeaways because, I mean, if anyone has listened to all of this, it has been Mother's Day. There are many people listening who haven't been able to have kids. Maybe some of them looked into IVF and adoption, embryo adoption, and the Lord has given you guys a decade of experience on this. Would you be willing just to speak broadly to everybody? What would be some things, takeaways, applications, things you've learned? If you could go back 10 years, uh, five years, what would you tell a husband or wife? Hmm. You want to go first? Um, I think first and foremost, like adoption isn't for everyone, um, although I do highly recommend it. And to those, you know, that are blessed to be given the gift of adoption, it's amazing. And of course, it's 100% worth it. But just going through all the trials and, and tribulations of, of an adoption process, um, there's a lot of unknowns. And obviously, without our wonderful friend that walked us through step by step, like we would have just been lost throughout the whole process of like, oh, we actually have to find a lawyer to go serve the potential baby daddy his papers to say to sign his rights away. Um, just details like that where um, if if you don't have somebody there to walk with you, it, it's it's a really confusing process. And then really the only other routes like pay, pay this agency, you know, forty fifty thousand dollars to just do it all for you. So. Um, We did take the hard route, um, but, you know, hard isn't always the same as bad. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, with our experience, you know, we'd love to 
be able to help other people out that might be interested in a similar like independent adoption route. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's a lot of work, but it's definitely worth it in the end. Yeah. I think being on this side of it now, um, you know, I'm still infertile. Kevin and I, we're still barren. We still have that unexplained infertility. But even before Liam came, I began to see that my infertility is a gift by mm. God. I love what Elizabeth Elliot says, that our suffering is to be offered to the Lord as an offering for his glory. It doesn't have to be wasted. You know, to the sister who's struggling with infertility, you're not unseen by God. Um, he knows the pain you're going through. He knows your struggle and your sorrow. Um, and, and God sees it, and he can use it for his purpose. Uh, wouldn't it be amazing if God uses our suffering to sanctify us, to make us rely on him more, to make us be most satisfied in Christ and Christ alone? Mm-hmm. Um, so let me throw a couple statements at you and just respond to them, whatever comes to mind. Um, one would be, use your current season for the glory of your creator. What are your thoughts? Amen. Your infertility does not have to make you unfruitful. Um, mm. The Lord can use us for his kingdom, even in our the weakness, that pain, that suffering. Kev, here's one for you. Put you on the spot. As a couple, may this trial bring you closer together, not further apart. Yeah, I think at least speaking to our relationship, it's definitely brought us a lot closer together. It's tested um, our patience. Um, it's testing tested us in ways where um, you know, spending so much time apart to help, you know, Lindsay help supporting, um, this mother and, you know, I'm, I'm either at home or in the office. Um, and I think, uh, you know, as Lindsay said, just, um, you just have to trust and rely on God and, and, um, you know, he, he does use the weak for his glory. So being able to just humble yourself and, just accept that, like, hey, this is the way that God has made us. Um, nothing we can do to change it. You know, uh, glory in God, uh, glory to God forever and ever. Amen. May yeah. I ask one more right there? How can friends and family help? Are there any things that you would recommend to do or not to do? Or say or not say. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think my favorite one is, uh, well, with infertility is like, oh, are you going to try again next month? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, you know, asking is not wrong. Like, I think sometimes people kind of don't know, oh, I'm just not going to bring it up, but um, I've learned to change what I ask instead of like, oh, so when you guys going to have a baby? It's like, so, you know, are you guys praying? Are you hoping that one day, you know, you'll have kids? Like, don't approach it as a given because, right, none of us Mm -hmm. are guaranteed any of it in life. And so always approaching it as if the Lord wills. And then if you know a couple is struggling, just walk alongside them and ask, like, how can we pray for you? How has this season been? Um, I know so many sisters would come and just ask me, like, how can I be praying for you, Linz? And that meant so much, especially once we were in the journey of it. It was hard. There were so many times where I couldn't even pray. I was just in it. And knowing that I could send a quick text, an emoji of hands, and sisters would surround me and support me in prayer. And So this is way outside of my area of expertise, but it is something I have read. And so I'm quoting what I have read. Um, I have read on this topic that, and it makes sense, that the woman's monthly cycle can become the darkest part of, of the month because 
there's that moment where once again, you're realizing this was not, not the answer that I wanted. Yeah. Can you speak to that for ladies around the world who may be in that situation where every month it's almost like the hammer drops again? Yeah. How do you process and work through that? Yeah. Um, kind of like what I shared before, what Proverbs says that barren womb is never satisfied And I mean, no one can feel sorry for me who sees Liam, right? I, my son is wonderful and I'm so thankful for him, but even still my womb cries out. I want to bear Kevin's children. Um, and you know, you'd struggle with like, Oh, how selfish am I? Why am I not content? Why am I not satisfied? I, I've just found if I go back to Lynn's, what are you hungering for? What are you thirsting for? Is it for God and his righteousness first and foremost? And then you can take that monthly suffering, that monthly no, because God said it that month, no, and surrender it to him, offer it as an offering and say, Lord, this is so hard, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to trust you and allow it to continue to strip away, you know, that in us to make us more like Christ. Amen. And it's interesting that through all of these no's, um, it's because of the fact that you don't have a massive family, that there are hundreds yeah. of little ones that we mm. now have in Mission Academy mm. because of your ministry. Mm. And so I often, you know, just from my role and my post, think about that. I'm like, mm. you know, Lord, it, it's amazing how you you have given a spiritual family to this family, to Kevin and Lindsay, mm. and the way that you guys love and lead all of these children, especially in a California culture where, you know, where else are they going to get it? Mm. If it's not the local church, who who, who would it be? Um, it's been just amazing to watch that answer for hungering and thirsting mm. uh, for righteousness truly come to fruition. Mm, yes. So thank you. Okay, floor is yours, guys. <laughs> Anything you want to share to anyone on this subject or any other subject, floor mm. is yours. I just, on that note, what you just shared, Pastor Tony, um, Amy Carmichael is quoted, you know, she, she really wanted to be a mom, you know, an amazing missionary, and the Lord didn't have a marriage in her future and, and to be a mother, and I, I was reading in um, a book that Elizabeth Ellie wrote about her that she surrendered it to the Lord, and she said, okay, God, if you have purposed that my home will be smaller on this earth so that I could be used to grow your eternal home, so be it. And, oh, that was just such a, a minister to me in my mm-hmm. soul of, God, if, you know, what I think a family should look like with eight rugrats running around, if that's not what your plan is so that you will use Kevin and I for your kingdom, um, so be it, Lord. So, mm-hmm. And he's done just that. Mm-hmm. And he gave you a good husband. He sure did. You know, the strong, silent type. Broad, if anyone can see him, man, this is a man right here. How much do you, you bench press these days, Kev? You bench press your motorcycle? No, no. I keep it, I keep it relatively uh, low, low weights these days. I got to make sure these joints uh, It's part of getting old. Yeah. It is. Yep. I'm almost like, getting God, close to 40. God blessed you with a splendid wife, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Good. You guys, I don't know if you've ever heard, sometimes we do a bullet round. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, it oh, feels like this topic yeah. has been so heavy that I don't know if we should, but I think we should anyway. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Should we do one? Yeah, yeah. For Kevin. real quick. Let's try it. This yeah. is just, you know, because I know Kevin loves being put on the spot. He does. This is your favorite thing. Okay. So we're going to do a bullet round. We're going to list out five things you just share. First thing that comes to your mind. And then if you do well, you'll get applause. If you do bad, you'll get RC Sproul yelling at you. Mm. Does that sound good? <laughs> All right. You go first. Oh, okay. Number one, puppets. Oh my goodness. <laughs> People oh, need to understand. We're talking like Sesame Street here. Lindsay <laughs> okay. does, like you see the puppets on Sesame Street. She does that. Oh, 
my it's phenomenal he liam so liam i know this isn't a one word so yeah, i'm sorry i'm breaking the rules i know it. i'm sorry <laughs> but liam i showed him last year my puppets because i still have them and all the time he's like mom can the turtle come out of the closet i'm oh. like no she's staying in there <laughs> i refer to her as a third person i'm sorry <laughs> okay kev, kev this one you mm. this will be easy for you bikes of any kind uh downhill mm. Going fast. Yeah. yeah. Going fast. <laughs> Here we go. Cats. Meow. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you just had to. Thank you, Ethan. <laughs> Thoughts on cats, Lindsay? As a former oh. farmer? Or no. Um, yeah, you guys had a farm. No, well, and Kevin had a cat when we first got Oh, married. that's right. You yeah. were a cat Macho. guy. Oh. Yeah, Lindsay, Lindsay kicked him across the room. Uh, I'll okay. stay friends with you anyway. Jeez, yeah. Love. Outdoor cats are wonderful. All right, yes. you ready? This is an easy one. Liam Ross. Hmm. Leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> He's my little Ed Sheeran. He walks around with a guitar all the time oh. singing. He's just our little music man. Here's our last one. Christ. Hmm. All satisfying. Righteousness. Amen. All right. Amen. Our righteousness. Thank you both. You deserve a big round of applause from the Date Night family. We love you guys we so do. much. We I'm so you. blessed. Beyond you have words. blessed us beyond words for going on, what is it, almost 20 years now. <laughs> Well, hey, just in case anyone missed it, for more information on principles and ethics surrounding IVF, embryo adoption, visit, as we mentioned, Dr. Jeremiah Chang's, one of our mutual friends, blog, foreknownandcreated.com. That's foreknownandcreated.com. Or if you'd like info on embryo adoption, visit, as Lindsay and Kev mentioned, nightlight.org. Well, hey, let's go ahead and pray. Father, life is precious. Help us all to treat it as such, and for the couples requesting children, please hear their cry. In the perfect way, at the perfect time, we trust you'll place the perfect child to be trained in righteousness, and then shot off as an arrow to leave your imprint on the world. We pray these things and trust these things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, Date Night fam, have a most blessed Mother's Day, and we will be back in a week. Please leave a review and send a message. Special thanks to Kevin Linz, Ethan, and the wonderful people at Mission Bible Church. Until next time, keep living for the gospel and fighting for the family.